Hi, this is Gala Mukamalova coming to you from Greenwood Cemetery in Brooklyn, New York. In this time of COVID-19, what I'm learning about living in my queer body is how to pray again, how to pray deeply and with forgiveness for every single moment that I do not feel heard or that I feel that my prayers fall on ears that do not recognize my voice and my language. I am learning that even if we do not see each other or recognize each other or reach out, we are deeply intrinsically interconnected and we can feel each other through the air, through the sound waves, through the light. If you are listening to this, I feel you. Oh boy, living in this queer body during COVID-19. Simply put, I'm experiencing a constant low-level pulse of stress in my body, not unlike my condition tendencies that I have lived with my whole life due to trauma and internalized capitalism, etc. The first couple weeks of feeling the pandemic come down, I really felt overwhelmed by my stress response. Lately, I have felt really inspired to examine the layers of oppression, grief, and fear, and how they are being held in the body. I am more able to connect to a deeper sense of resilience currently through anger and stillness and reflection. I am noticing that beyond the fear and desperation, I am feeling anger. I'm overwhelmed by the unjust systems at hand and feeling like enough is enough. I don't want to live this way anymore, and I feel somatically that as much as I want to do advocacy work and see clients and distribute herbs, it's also a really important time for me to do some self-reflection on what's working and what isn't working. As poet C.A. Conrad wrote in their Corona Days series, number 15, if we are to dream anything during this plague, let us please consider the things we do not want to return to normal. I love that. And I see a way out as capitalism crumbles around us and mutual aid comes to the forefront and we continue to live, survive, and support each other as queer-ass freaks have always done. My name is Andrew Gerza and I'm calling from Toronto, Canada. In this time of COVID-19 as a disabled person, I'm thinking about how how my queerness will change after this. Will I be able to access touch? Will I be able to access sexuality? I have so much trouble already accessing my sexuality as a queer disabled person using a wheelchair. I'm worried that after COVID I won't be able to um, have access to that. I, I work predominantly with sex workers to get my needs met and I'm worried that after this, I won't be able to access queerness the same way anymore, and I won't be able to be touched the same way, and I'm worried that people will think, because I have disabilities, that I'm a vector for COVID, and that maybe I'll get sicker, or that maybe I'm not somebody who should be touched, and all of these things are things that I think about constantly with COVID. I also think about how much this pandemic has brought up ableism in our communities and how much we have to listen to disabled people
during this time and how much we are forgetting that disabled bodies, disabled queer bodies, are experts in social isolation and finding ways to entertain ourselves and being calm in really fucked up situations. And I wish that we would listen to disabled people more right now. That's what I think about in COVID-19 times. Hi, Asher. It's Colin, self, and um, thanks for doing this. Um, I'm in Mexico City. Um, if there's something that I... I'm learning during this time about what it means to live or exist in a queer body. Um, I feel like having the sort of infrastructure of, I guess, just the demands of capitalism kind of peeled away. Um, I very much feel a sense of autonomy from that, from the demands of the world and realizing that as a, queer person I don't have to sort of it's a healthy reminder for me to be asking myself what outside forces um, exist in the world when I am doing my day-to-day -day that um, I maybe am responding to or participating with that I don't want to and so if anything I feel like a sense of reclaimed agency over how my time is spent and at the same time I guess, like, a responsibility to take care of myself, that at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you're the boss applesauce. It's like that I'm the only person who can take care of me um, when it comes down to it, which, like, yeah, blessing and a curse, I guess. But anyways, um, thank you so much for um, this this little thing that you're putting together and excited to hear everyone else's. Bye. Hi, Asher. This is San Chang calling from Oakland. So right now I'm being reminded again and again that my body is my wisest teacher and that it usually knows before I do and that my body is my home and it always has been. And my body is also reminding me of past trauma. I really feel this. Um, and it's also reminding me that I've survived and when I get quiet, I notice in my body deep fear that I have about losing my elderly Chinese parents, um, the fear that their bodies won't be prioritized if they need to interface with medical systems. And I also notice grief that's coming up for all the people whose bodies are devalued and deemed not worth saving, including disabled, immunocompromised, fat, elderly, black, indigenous, POC, queer, trans, unhoused, and poor folks. I'm also holding deep love and care in my body for my clients, for my therapy clients, most of whom are also figuring out how to survive this pandemic in their queer bodies and who allow me the honor of witnessing them in their experience. 
And my body is also holding contradiction. On one hand, um, being Chinese American, my body feels like a target more than ever, and I feel how deeply this is tied to legally, uh, legacies of violence on this land and other lands. And on the other hand, my queer and non-binary body feels a sense of relief because there are fewer people who are appraising my body um, on a regular basis and whether it's legible within a binary gender system. And I'm also noticing how crucial it is that I see other queer and trans people, even if it's across the screen and even if there aren't any words and we're just sitting in our respective homes meditating together. Um, and this helps me to, to not just know that I'm not alone, but to actually feel it. Um, and that we're getting through this together. So thank you for this question. Take care, everyone. Hi, this is Vicky now. I'm calling from Las Vegas, where most of us bodies and queer, and queer and bodies have to isolate and hibernate. My body has not been anything like hibernation. How does one sequester the clitoris from her other private sea, her other private galaxy of tongues, language with her, with the her pronouns, how to eat out the they and them? My clitoris, menaced by rain and desire, has been quivering and vibrating at an extraordinary high frequency that drives me into an extreme hypnotic state of lost yearning. And I'm sad that my clitoris has already filed her income tax return for the year when the government has allowed extension as far into mid-July. My body doesn't just want to be fucked or tossed into a blow dryer of sensations that far into mid-July, but sleeps a mutual sleep of April and May and maybe with a mistress of June. COVID-19 is too coveted by the bell curve of death. I'm here to say that living in it makes my sapphic relationship with toilet paper shortages too emotional. It is easier to say that my clitoris relationship with high quality tissue paper has been the least profound. Is there a way into my own queerness without waking up all the other queers with my strong appetite for surrender? Being in my body right now in this period feels good like it usually does this time of year when the days are longer and the air is fresh and things are growing and blooming. My conversations, text missives, video chats are all similar in tone and content as more now than ever so many of us are doing the same thing. I try to go outside at least a little every day just to feel the air on my skin and sometimes I just stand in the sun on the street so I can have a sun bath. Yoga and other exercise classes online are essential, and I'm the same person now as always who suffers if I don't do some sort of physical activity every other day or two. I feel I'm taking good care. I'm caring for myself, my child, my co-parent, my mom, who I call every day pretty much, just to check in. 
I cry every other day for a little bit. The tears feel like exasperation and fear and sorrow. One feeling will start the flow and the others will jump on board and ride the wave until it becomes still and calm again and I'm okay. Everything feels so internal. My child is very fearful of going outside and each time I get her to sit on the stoop with me or in the backyard or walk to the store, it feels like a small victory for the day. Today, as we rode my bike back from the corner store with the orange juice and tortillas, she asked me why I think fresh air is important. She doesn't think it is. I keep opening and closing the windows. I do it sometimes many times a day. Air. I need air. I want air all around me. We walked to Greenwood Cemetery the other day. It's so close to our house. What an exhilarating thrill it was to be there for an hour, walking and talking about history and statues and death and trees. There were all these places where old gravestones were being pushed up and dislodged by the trees and their roots. In one area, we came upon a giant bush-like tree that had four large obelisks jutting through the branches, and we saw these markers of time and growth so clearly with that These places where the ground is flat and small trees grew is now overgrown and old and so established and strangely off kilter. I like that they leave it like that in a place so well kept to come across such unruliness, a forgotten city in the trees. Hello everyone, this is Zena Sharman, and I am recording this beside Dallas Creek on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish peoples in British Columbia, Canada. And I am standing here feeling the early morning sun filter onto my face and I can hear birds chirping all around me in the trees on either side of this forest path. When I look in front of me, I see bright pink salmonberry blossoms that I know will turn into berries later in the season. And there's a bee flying in and out of those blossoms, pollinating. And what I am learning about living in my queer body in this moment, in these unprecedented times, is that I need to anchor into these small details, the feeling of my feet on the earth, noticing how I am always clenching my jaw and holding my stomach tight because I just have this kind of low-level anxiety all the time right now. And when all of this first started unfolding, I was trying to stay inside my head and think and think and think and analyze my way through this. And I think it's because I was so anxious and trying to control the uncontrollable and make sense of something that is so much bigger than me. So instead, I'm trying to practice being inside the small and being with my wise queer body because it is the teacher that I need right now.
Hi, my name is Una Aya Osato. I'm here in New York City. Um, I've had uh, COVID-19 for, and been in bed for almost five weeks now. Um, I think being uh, sick right now while there's a pandemic um, is really, um, I've been thinking a lot and just it's things I've been thinking about, but like getting to revisit them about how healing itself is queer AF and it's never straight or linear um, and how my body is very much experiencing that, um, that the process of healing itself can be, I'm just re-reminded of all the things that I uh, struggle with, all the things that are so incredible and beautiful about um, the resilience of my body and my community. Um, I I think so much of this COVID-19 virus is um, it, like I've gone and I've gone through like so many ups and downs within these five weeks of like one day I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm better. And then the next like three days I'll be like laid out in bed and crying like oh my gosh how am I not better and um but that up and down I think is actually part of what this virus is and how people how I've been experiencing it, how people I know have been experiencing it and how much uncertainty in that unknown of um is just all part of it and I think um it's hard to remember the or notice how or hold on to those moments that feel good um, and not just like, oh, I'm sick, oh, um, but I'm slowly getting better. And it's really been because of my queer community, loving my queer body and believing um, in mine and all of our healths um, that I've that I am getting better and I've been getting better, um, no matter the pace that it is. Um, I, you know, all of our journeys are the past that they are in the time that they are. Um, and I'm thinking about how, um, COVID-19 is so individual, uh, experience, how it looks on people, how people, um, experience it and how we're also it's such a communal experience of what's happening um, and that really the only way through is together and that I'm so grateful for the people who've been caring and loving me um, and I hope and I've been trying to extend that to my own queer body and and all the bodies out there um, okay <laughs> thanks